The TNT Shop has great gift ideas for your furry family member. And we don't mean your Aunt Dolores. You stink! The TNT Shop has it all at tntradio.live. Where the story goes, we follow Chris Smith on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. I'm going to go straight to the talkback lines shortly and uh, get your views on some of what's been happening everywhere because this story out of Colorado, as you would have heard in that previous news bulletin, has uh, created an enormous storm right across the states, right across the world. It's front page in the UK, it's front page on most of the news websites in Australia and elsewhere, and it's huge, but it will backfire. The more they use both the legal fraternity, the legal system, the judiciary, and now the Constitution to get at Donald Trump to ensure that he can't even run, which means they can't trust the public to get their vote right, well, the more it'll come back right in their face, as Adam Crichton rightly wrote in The Australian a short time ago. Now, just before I do get to the talkback lines, the final resting place of the downed plane, which disappeared in 2014, that is um, MH370, with 227 passengers aboard, remains elusive despite the most extensive search at sea in world history. But now, nine years after the plane's disappearance, retired Australian fisherman Kit Olver, age 77, has come forward, according to the Daily Mail, to reveal his deep-sea trawler pulled up what appeared to be the wing of a commercial airline around 55 kilometres off the southeast coast of South Australia. Just 55 kilometres. That's in the Southern Ocean. He did that in September or October of 2014. Why he is coming back now, nine years later, and telling the world about this, I've got no idea. Why wouldn't you have told it back then, in the same year as the plane went missing? Most authorities believe that MH370 came down in the Southern Indian Ocean. Um, It was a great wing of a big jet airliner, he told the paper. I've questioned myself. I've looked for a way out of this. I wish to Christ I'd never seen the thing, he says, but there it is. It was a jet's wing. Because he had held a pilot's license, he was confident the wing was larger than any on a typical private plane. The only other surviving member of the trawler, Vivian Jane's crew, George Curry, also corroborated Mr. Olver's claim to the newspaper. It was incredibly heavily heavy and awkward. It stretched out the net and ripped it. It was too big to get up on the deck, Mr. Curry said. As soon as I saw it, I knew what it was. It was obviously a wing or a big part of it from a commercial plane. It was white and obviously not from a military jet or a little plane. After struggling all day to free the object, Mr. Olver ordered his crew to cut the $20,000 net free and let it drift back into the comparatively shallow depths of that part of the Southern Ocean. Mr. Olver told the Sydney Morning Herald's Tony Wright he could locate the spot, which was about 55 kilometres west of the South Australian town of Robe, and shared its GPS coordinates. Why wouldn't he have said something in 2014? Now, he might be right. And the finding or finding again of the wing may actually lead to a full understanding of what happened to MH370. It may not, but it may with what has already been established, but why wouldn't he have done something nine years ago? I don't know. 
I don't get it at all. Let's go to Warwick, who's on the talkback lines. Hi, Warwick. How's it going? Very well, mate. Thank you for calling. That's cool. So uh, before the pandemic, we went on a three-week holiday to the Philippines and I only took like $1,000 with me because it was only going to be like a three-week holiday and then come back to Australia for work. So it was towards the end of the holiday, we got the message from Scott Morrison telling everyone to get back to Australia at all costs. We're going to close the border. So That's right. I thought, fine, we're booked on like March 15th, whatever, to get back. But then Duterte, who was the president, he closed all domestic transport. He closed the boats and the aeroplanes. So then we couldn't get back to Manila to catch the last planes going to Australia. Right, so right. Um, that 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 happened virtually overnight. So, uh, so you were stuck in the Philippines, were you? Yeah, I was stuck for about three and a half years because uh, I didn't want to come back because uh, I saw all of the the news about Australia and uh, all of the police and then may spray may spraying old ladies and all that type of stuff. So I said to my wife, I would rather stay in the Philippines than go back to Australia and. Uh, because we would have come back, no no work, no accommodation, and live on the street, and nobody knew what was going on back then, so I remained in the Philippines until the borders came over. But you had people like Maurice Payne that would fly to Manila to go to a mango festival, and there was 45,000 Australians stuck overseas, and we are all trying to get back, and you got Maurice Payne on her Facebook, going to a mango festival with an aeroplane that could take 300 people back to Australia. You know what I mean? I remember it was was a mango festival, but there was also an international conference that she went to. Having said that, um, it was not the time to do it. It was a terrible look and it was so unfair to people like yourself. Yep, yep. And uh, also the guy that they elected for the... um, the embassy, the embassy was no help because they wouldn't let anyone in. It was on the 14th floor, so uh, they we couldn't get passports or anything. And it's still manned today by Phil. And then uh, we couldn't passport. And then uh, they kept on saying that my photo was fake. So that added another six months to the trip oh. because they they wouldn't accept anybody hearing stories and then the one guy Aussie he came to the embassy and he got locked up for one week the police went around to his place for complaining about the staff and all that type of stuff so it was just an absolute so the power is already they can close domestic and international yeah. we're having problems with your phone Warwick for some reason it clicks off and goes to silent um, we've okay. just had holes in some of what you've just said, but we got the gist of what you have said. Thank you very much for calling in, mate. We'll we'll try and get a better line to you next time. We'll see if we can work on that. Thank okay. you very much for your call. This is Chris Smith on TNT Radio. Connecting the dots, painting the bigger picture. They always have great conversation. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, for the very last time in 2023, we've got the founder and director of Verve Communications, Prue McSween, welcome back to TNT Radio. Thank you, Smithy. Merry Christmas to you and everyone. Merry Christmas indeed. Just a question without notice. Big bombshell in Colorado as the 
Supreme Court in that state has ruled that he can't stand for the primaries next year. Uh, but like all the other electoral um, indictment, legal avenues they have pursued to try and down Trump, this is going to come back and bite them more than all of those put together. Adam Greitman, as you said, really has hit the nail on the head. And But it just shows you how adult they are. It's obviously their brains. I mean, I know they're all old, old farts, so, you know, dementia may be setting in. But I tell you, these guys are going to stupid nothing to, uh, you know, to try and put some barriers in between them and, and Trump. And he's yeah. so much smarter than all of them. Uh, you know, he's just going to overcome. And all it's doing is increasing the resolve of all the Trumpians and yeah. Republican voters. And others in between, which, of course, yeah. uh, are the ones that he needs to get over the line. Now, I had a rant yesterday on this program over Australia's refusal to join the US-led Red Sea multinational task force or armada or whatever you'd like to call it to thwart attacks by the Houthi rebels. Um, and the more I examine what Labor has done, the more I get angry over it because we've been in every theatre of war with the United States whenever they've called for support. But the excuse that our waters are the Pacific and we don't sort of send our ships elsewhere is total and utter BS. And now the story today, straight out of the mouth of Anthony Albanese, the Prime Minister, is that we're not joining the US, but we're going to supply diplomatic support. Get it. Oh. Oh, unbelievable. You know, this is the bloke who paraded on the global stage with the big boys and all the back slapping and the puffing up of his ego. You know, he was one of the men. And, you know, what we've found ever since The Voice where he's been in a sulk, uh, you know, this is a boy doing a man's job. He's weak. He's not a leader. And when it counts, he's missing in action. You know, this is a thing that you know, we have, as you say, contributed to multinational deployments for years, years and years. We know the Middle East. We have a dad's army navy. We know that. And we suspect that that could be part of the decision. But yeah. in the end, we're signalling to China and more particularly to our AUKUS partners that we are an ally that we can't, they can't rely on. You yeah. know, whatever flavour of the month that Albanese thinks he wants to pick, uh, he's going for. And, you know, the guy is really showing his weak, his pathetic character and he's betraying the rest of us. You know, we know that this is not just a Middle East problem. This is of suffering, you know, the supply chain, which is already suffering so much from COVID and now the ships are being diverted. It's going to take extra millions, extra weeks yeah. to get here. And, you know, in the end, we're all going to pay and we're worried about inflation. We'll, you know, stand by. And we've got, you know, the whole world is just laughing at us because this man is putting our national security, which he claims is so important, but he's putting it at risk because, you know, this guy doesn't have a clue about geopolitic politics and he's just telling the world how pathetic and weak Australia is under yeah, his leadership. Just, and my last point on this, and I've been thinking about this overnight, the fact that you get a call from the President of the United States or maybe even the Chiefs of Staff and asking you for a destroyer to join an armada made up of Italy and uh, Bahrain and uh, France and the UK is a compliment 
to your uh, relationship with the US. And the fact that you have to say, well, hang on a minute, let me think about that. Um, We'll get back to you. What an insult. You should have said, thank you very much for ringing, Mr. President. You have Australia's support instantly. We will find a way of supplying exactly what you need. And I mean, this is a 10-country naval task force called Operation Prosperity Garden, Prosperity Guardian, and we are not there. That tells you everything. We're not a world player. Yep. Now, just still in that part of the world, the New York Times has done some financial forensic work on Hamas and uh, found that in 2018, Israel discovered a virtual Aladdin's cave of assets worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Hamas files from a Uh, must have been a hacked computer, included list of road building companies that they run in Sudan, twin skyscrapers in the UAE, etc. But they didn't take advantage of it. And look how strong Hamas was leading into October 7. Well, this is the thing. It's a really sad indictment on Netanyahu because, you know, this is the second you know, security fail. When we saw what happened on October 7, we thought, well, what the hell? The Israelis are normally so savvy and, you know, their intelligence is normally right up there. But to think that he and other world leaders, mainly Washington, thought, well, no, well, we've got this incredible intelligence coup with all this secret, very uh, detailed outlining of where this private equity fund uh, to finance its operations was was holding, you know, interests in mines and road building companies, property development, etc. You know, it was a cornucopia of information. And they decided that, you know, no, we're worried about Iran and its nuclear ambitions. So what that I realise is that they've allowed this to happen. And Hezbollah is now empowered. It's really, I, I, I don't see that Netanyahu's going to actually ever survive once, you know, the dust has settled on this because the guy has really let them down. I, I agree. And it goes along the argument, which I've vented before on the program, that really Israel wanted to keep Hamas in their box. He wanted to keep them quiet. He wanted to keep them um you know, not at loggerheads with Israel. So they were quite happy to have millions and millions of dollars go into their pockets and to placate them. And you placate a terrorist mob like that. And we saw what happened on October 7. And thanks to the federal government, convicted terrorist Abdul Ben Bricker has been released in Australia. And in light of what's happening in Gaza, Prue, I think it's an absolute ignorant decision. Oh, I am livid about this white hot because... It's just going to take one death and then we'll know how culpable the High Court is, how culpable this government is. You know, this is a bloke who is a committed terrorist mastermind. He's had 12 years in jail to think about it and to plot again and to build his hate. He's got disciples everywhere and here he comes out with his white hair and white beard. He looks like a poor excuse for a Santa, doesn't he? Didn't he? Well, he's got yeah. the bloody present and he's laughing all the way. And, you know, these so-called strict conditions, you know, electronic monitoring device, we've got crooks just, you know, taking them off and putting yeah. them in Ubers. You know, he's, yes. he's a mastermind. He's, he's a twisted t- uh, cleric. 
And, you know, he was stripped of Australian citizenship three years ago, but then, of course, it got reinstated. I don't care. Change the laws. I don't care. Get the bastard out of this country. And I don't consider one minute that this guy has been de-radicalised. And, you know, the government's just wringing its hands as usual. More weak leadership. Oh, so ignorant, it's not funny. I've got to take a quick break. We'll come back with you, Prue, on TNT Radio. You should hear what Charlie Robinson is talking about. I think once we saw the supply chain issues uh, that happened during the COVID debacle, you go, well, that seems bad for the, you know, when you're fighting somebody for toilet paper, but it could be worse, right? It could be the last can of food. So people are starting to reevaluate and reassess their situations and their relationship with supply chains and the like. And I think what that does is it leads you to a place of saying, how can I make myself less dependent on the system? It's kind of hard to know where to start, right? Where would you suggest we even begin with this process? Yeah, it's funny you said that because someone said to me recently and it made me laugh that this is going to be the kind of collapse where the Burger King's still open. I think that's what's probably lulling people into a false sense of security in that everything when we go to the city kind of appears normal unless you're in one of those really crazy drug adult cities. But for most people, I would say, Charlie, it feels normal but it ain't normal. <laughs> the world yeah. is not normal. It's completely gone off kilter. Charlie Robinson on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. We honor you, Father, for all that you do. Chief Division Counsel and DOJ have approved a no-not breach. We want the subject to be on display, doing the walk of shame, full visual impact. Any questions? Are we becoming a police state? Government told American citizens they couldn't go to church on Sunday. For the first time in my life, I'm saying to myself, am I going to get a knock at the door? FBI warrant, come to the door now! The Patriot Act and FISA were used against Donald Trump. These individuals have commissioned the biggest propaganda play in U.S. history. They don't go after the people that rigged the election. They go after the people that want to find out what the hell happened. We don't need to have a crime. What we need is a person to look at. And then we go find out what crime you did. FBI! Our focus is shifting. Our main priority as a bureau is going to be domestic terrorism. It really paints anybody who's right of center. If you're a pro-life, pro-family Catholic, they define you as radical. These are anti-government. We have freedom of religion and freedom of speech. Violent extremists, and they must be dealt with. We can do anything we want. A hoax about carbon dioxide in the climate has caused a global energy and economic disaster. Today's News Talk, TNT Radio. I've got Prue McSween with me right now. Prue, to political expenses now, and this is the snout in the trough side of politics, of course. News came down about three hours ago that the Prime Minister racked up more than $700,000 in expenses in a space of three months only last year. And the list, I could go on with the list, but it makes you cry as a taxpayer. They just don't give a damn, do they? 
No, they don't. They've got, as you say, snouts in the trough. And what this is what power does to you, Smithy. I mean, look, I consider myself the shopper of the year. I would find it very hard to spend 700 grand in that space of time. You know, I'd give it a good shot. But this bloke's living in, you know, taxpayer-paid uh, houses. Uh, he's chauffeur-driven. He doesn't pay rent. He doesn't pay for his food. How the hell does he chalk up $700,000 in expenses? And Tony Burke, 398000 I mean, they're just... They have no respect for the fact that this is not their money. You, I always remember someone I know was working in, had just come to government as one of the assistants, and he said, oh, we're refurbishing the whole office. And I said, what was wrong with the office? He said, oh, nothing. We just decided we'd like to get some new chairs and new desks and put our own stamp on it. And it was over a million bucks. You know, and this is the thing. They have no respect for the taxpayer dollar and they have no understanding of the reality of what we're all going through. You know, we think twice before we spend a cent these days because we're all doing it so tough. Yeah. What are your thoughts on Anthony Albanese thinking that the best ideas come from former prime ministers, Labor prime ministers at that? Um, he's always been bereft of ideas, especially when it comes to the things that are important, Anthony Albanese. Well, the only idea he ever had was the voice and look where that got him. You know, yeah. so, I mean... He's a lame duck. He's got no ideas. He's been wanting this gig for years, but never thought he'd really get it. So when he did, he comes out with, you know, all these old cliches. I mean, he's saying Australia is defined by its approach to the Australia, Asia Pacific. And you think, well, what about our approach to global, you know, responsibilities we have? He's been gallivanting around the world. He says that, you know, we've got to be, patient and have a calibrated dialogue with China. You know, I mean, give us a break. We know that China treats us with contempt. They are only doing what they're doing with our trade, like the lobsters, the wine, etc., because they wanted to stick it up Morrison and the federal government beforehand. You know, it's nothing to do with the charm offensive of and the sucking up of Albanese. And, you know, they, they're looking at what we're doing now on the global stage with our security. We've got, you know, three, what is it? Three figure, three um, warships and I think, what, seven frigates or something. None of them capable of any drone uh, management. And you think, wow, they're all just laughing at us. You know, come on yeah. down, China, whenever you're ready. The door's open. We'll just sit there in the fetal position. Yep. I was talking with Brian McWilliams earlier in the program from LA about education and how one particular state has decided to get rid of uh, education that might help high achievers because, you know, you've got to have a socialist kind of approach to education. We don't want anyone to aspire or, you know, go to greatness. Uh, oh. Well, things have changed in New South Wales as well. The year 12 HSC scores have come in. Mossvale High has jumped 200 places. And guess what they've done, Prue? They've gone back to basics. Funny that. Oh, I mean, this gen our generation, Smithy, grew up on the basics and we've all done extremely well. And this little school in, you know, just two hours south of Sydney, a tiny little school, they're focusing, as you say, on literacy and numeracy and actually also expectations around behaviour. And 
the principal has said actually everybody's working harder. There's respect. There's quiet in this. In the um, there's a learning sort of environment Culture. in the classroom and respect. And you think, you know, calmness, respect, basics. That's all we ever ask of our schools. And yet you've got these woke education activists who are so involved with, you know, putting kitty litters in classrooms and, yeah. you know, gender uh, bathrooms. All the peripheral crap. You know, and you just think, get back to basics. This it is. It's a living, breathing example of what can be done and how the students are achieving. And the teachers are not leaving because they actually don't have to scream their lungs out. The kids aren't misbehaving. They're actually wanting to learn and love learning. And that's yeah. the difference. Yeah, that is the difference. Hey, I, I find this interesting. Um, just getting back to Ben Bricker, Susan Lee, the deputy liberal leader in Australia, has tweeted today, it is now beyond doubt that Albo uh, and his government has failed to keep Australians safe. The country needs a new national security team in place. That is why I am calling today on the Prime Minister to reshuffle his ministry before Christmas. Dreyfus, O'Neill and Giles have all failed and must be moved on. Gee, she's not alone in that uh, in that comment no, and that sentiment. But she's very optimistic. I mean, who out of that lot would you put in? Every minister, I believe, is not worth a pinch of you know what. And yes. they have no idea. They've got no real world experience. They've never paid anyone. They've all come through the union ranks and they can't make decisions without checking with the union masters. So yeah. you, know, you can shuffle the chairs on the Titanic. It's still a bloody Titanic and they have failed us. Yes, we're going to all pay the price. And poor Dutton or Lee, if she becomes leader, are going to have to spend years trying to recover from what Labor's doing to this country. As has always been the case in modern history. Listen, yeah. thank you very much for uh, your incredible content, your great, <laughs> selfless, opinionated commentary on the program. <laughs> it's been fantastic. I get so many uh, little comments either on emails or on the chat box about what you've said, and it really resonates with so many of our listeners who are now viewers now. And thank you very much for your contribution in 2023, Prue. And have a Merry Christmas. I know we've all got our crosses to bear and you've got some sickness in the family you've got to deal with, so it won't be great. Yeah. But we're thinking of you. Our prayers are on your behalf. And thanks again for your contribution. And thank you so much for the opportunity. I love TNT Radio. I've learned so much just as a listener, not not even a contributor, just love TNT and everybody should tell their friends how fabulous it is. Thanks, Smithy. Merry Christmas to you and yours and to everyone listening. Good on you. I'll talk to you before Christmas. Fantastic, Prue. Thank you very much. Prue McSween, Verve Communications founder and director. Great to have her on the program. Uh, just a quick one before I get to news. I noticed that we now have a firm date for uh, the final appeal related to Julian Assange in the UK. The High Court has confirmed that a public hearing will take place on the 20th and 21st of February next year. It's a two-day hearing. It'll held before a panel of two judges who will review an earlier UK High Court decision taken by a single judge in June of this year, which refused Julian permission to appeal. So that will take place 20th and 21st of February. Once again, as I said to Brian McWilliams, 2024 is shaping as a monster year in news and current affairs. And there is one week 
where focus will be on the UK High Court. We've got to take a break, bring you some news. And up next, I'll get to Alex Zaharofroyd. And uh, we'll be joined too by Dick Smith, entrepreneur and adventurer on TNT Radio. Big news, TNT Radio News. Matt Boyland here with a look at your TNT headlines. The Colorado Supreme Court has disqualified Donald Trump from running for president in the state, preventing the 5.8 million people who live there from voting for him. Analysts are now saying Australia rejected Washington's request to help protect commercial ships from attacks in the Red Sea due to a significant shortfall in the nation's naval capabilities. And Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky says the nation's army is asking for an extra half a million people to join its war against Russia. The common housefly, caught in the clutches of the spider's web. Every move it makes just makes matters worse. Then, dinner time. Feast on the captivating stories, videos, and helpful information on our website. Whoa. Dinner's ready. Oh, man. Escape is futile. Just one more video. Get stuck in our web. TNT Radio. Live. I tell you what, while there are plenty of things to follow in the early part of 2024, whether it be this appeal, which will be launched by Donald Trump on what happened in the Colorado Supreme Court, whether it's Julian Assange, whether it's the presidential election campaign, there's plenty to follow. Um, but I also have been following a story which came up in some of the American press today about what 2024 will be like economically. And um, there are some commentators who think that 2024 will be worse than 2023. Um, according to the New York Post, as the clock ticks closer to 2024, one outspoken economist is making a dire prediction about the markets in the new year. Since 2009, says Harry Dent, uh, this has been 100% artificial, unprecedented money printing and deficits. $27 trillion over 15 years, to be exact. This is off the charts. 100% artificial, which means we're in a dangerous state. I think 2024, he says, is going to be the biggest single crash year we'll see in our lifetimes. I'm the guy that's praying for a crash while everybody else is not. We need to get back down to normal and we need to send a message to central banks. This should be a lesson I don't think we'll ever revisit. I don't think we'll ever see a bubble for any of our lifetimes again. Now, Dent, who spent the majority of his career analysing proprietary research, uh, credited his against-the-grain prediction to overvalued markets and excessive stimulus spending. While recent rallies have overwhelmingly provided investors with mild recession expectations, Dent remained firm that an everything bubble will burst in 2024. So I guess we've got to take the good with the bad. Let's just hope he is 100% wrong. Let's go to the man who's the creator of Tech Advice, Dot Life, our Cyber Wednesday correspondent, Alex Zaharoff-Royt. Welcome back to TNT Radio, sir. Wonderful to be here with you, Chris. Now, what have you got? What, what's on your head? What's that? <laughs> what, what are you doing? You're at Darling Harbour in Sydney, I've been told, at a new venue which is launching tomorrow. What's this all about? Sure. It's called the Immersive Game Box, and this is the controller. Now, the tagline is it's like VR, but social and fun. So in this box... You can play 13 different games. In fact, it's uh, 12 at the moment. There's another one coming next year. So there's things like Ghostbusters, 
Angry Birds, Shaun the Sheep, Paw Patrol, and next year there'll be a two-hour immersive AI nightmare adventure. And so you've got to touch the walls of the Squid Game as well from Netflix. And, you know, you, you're in here. This is the controller. So you are the controller. Your body is the controller. It's a bit like Connect, but instead of you standing in front of the TV, you look this way, you look that way. There are screens all around you. I mean, the whole wall is a screen. And this is an immersive interactive game. So this is a special media preview. It opens tomorrow. Uh, it, there are 27 of these around the world. This is the first one in the Southern Hemisphere, and it's in the same building that has the Sea Life Aquarium, the uh, the zoo, and also Madden Tussauds. So it's right in the, uh, the heart of Darling Harbour. It's a lot of fun. I've been playing some of the games, and you know, it's like you're instead of having the the, the headset on. You know, you're, you're looking at it and you can play with your friends and you can play with them. It's interactive. It's a pile of fun and it's going to be a huge hit. I can see where we'll be spending a very rainy day in January, right where you are there. I like that idea. All right, let's get on with the rest of the tech news. Tucker Carlson, uh, we know, has made a huge splash on X in 2023. He's joining Rumble. What does that mean? Well, it means he's, he's following in uh, TNT Radio.Live's footsteps. We're on Rumble as well and Odyssey and Facebook and all sorts of other places. But look, he is broadening his horizons. He's growing his audience. Rumble's a great place to do it. He's obviously not chosen to go with YouTube. Uh, Rumble is sort of the big alternative to YouTube. And uh, it's just showing the power of the streaming media universe and empire. You can be on these streaming platforms, watch on your TV, on your phone, on your computer. Traditional mainstream, lamestream media doesn't have the power that it had before. That's interesting you say that because I, I know that the Australian Commercial Radio Association released some details this week saying how fabulous it was that so many more people are listening to standard radio. Now, look, that may be the case. I'm not questioning their figures. I'm just questioning the trend because as far as I know, the trend seems to be people listening to their podcasts, getting things more and more online, right? Absolutely. Look, they're talking about uh, record listenership on AM and FM and also DAB Plus Radio, which is the digital audio radio, which normally means you need to have a physical digital audio radio in your kitchen or your office, and also maybe your car has one. But when I had a look at the stats, uh, a good proportion of the digital audio broadcast audience is streaming. So they're using right. the, you know, the radio app that's, it's called Radio App in Australia. And so that's streaming of PCs, of your Mac, of smartphones, of tablets and smart speakers. So he, because I didn't mention podcasts or streaming at all, it's only right at the bottom of the press release that it says, oh, yeah, DAB uh, broadcast includes streaming, which is a bit of a cheat because digital audio broadcast is, it is streaming to a dedicated device. And you wouldn't normally think of uh, you know, streaming media via your phone, via an app as part of digital audio broadcast. No, you think no not radio. at all. So, uh, so they've been a bit uh, cagey in how they've done that. But look, yeah. it's great news for, for us and for other online streaming media platforms, be it radio or TV. It's unstoppable now. The The media has splintered. There are so many more choices and people gravitate to the best ones. Great example is Tucker Carlson. Great example is TNTRadio.live with 10 plus million downloads of our podcast and it's only growing. Yeah. Still in Australia, the video game industry has just released a report showing strong growth. In terms of revenue, it's increased by 21% over the past financial year. It's still very popular gaming, isn't it? 
Absolutely. Look, it's bigger than Hollywood, and it has been for several years. We're talking about $345.5 million in the local Australian economy alone. And look, I'm in a gaming uh, venue, immersive game box. This is yeah. where the, the gaming has gone wild. You're no longer standing in front of an arcade machine pushing buttons. You're now actually part of the experience. But in this particular case, there's a number of smaller interactive gaming companies that have done really well. They're benefiting from, from tax advantages from the government and uh, gaming is strong and it's it's only going to get bigger especially as we have more of the headsets apple vision pro and uh, more of the you know new playstations and xboxes to come uh, pretty soon we'll be living in the digital world more than we'll be living in the real world for some people yeah, all of this makes me feel terribly old because i remember as a kid and I, when i'm in a kid i mean a teenager i'd walk into the greasy joe's fish and chip shop just up the road from where i lived and where i went to school and there was a space invaders uh, desktop kind of machine that you'd sit on. You'd sit on these crates, these milk crates, and play Space Invaders, and that was about as much gaming as I was introduced to when I was a teenager. But look at this now. Absolutely, and you've got the issue of the original Pong game from, I think, you know, the 1970s, and uh, the Nolan Bushnell, the guy who founded Atari, he took this uh, gaming machine into a, a venue, a cafe, a, a some sort of greasy joke, as you said. And after a couple of days, they went in to check and the guy said, oh, it's not working anymore. What happened was the machine was so popular that the, uh, the, 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 the slot to put the money in was totally full. People had just filled it full of coins. You couldn't put any more coins into play. So it was a big hit from day one and it's only grown and now it's bigger than Hollywood. Ah, fantastic. Uh, you know, rags to riches stuff. I love those stories. Now, Samsung has released its summer viewing report, which unveils new research into how Australians will be embracing television viewing over the summer holiday period. Uh, what does it tell us? Well, 64% of Australians say that it doesn't feel like Christmas without Christmas movies. They're saying that three in five or 59% of Australians plan to watch sports over the summer break. And half the nation, it says here, can't stand the TV, having the TV volume on an odd number or not a multiple of five. So there's some quirky uh, habits there. But uh, the average person intends to watch six movies and uh, 4.3 shows throughout the summer season, uh, with the majority embracing the holiday spirit of Christmas movies. And obviously, there's the big sporting moments and binge-watching iconic TV shows. I mean, it is the, the holidays after all, and there's so much great content out there. And of course, you can be watching TNT Radio on your favourite uh, television as well. That's exactly right. You can see what we're doing and uh, what we're doing wrong or what we're doing right, uh, as it may be. Now, Samsung is one of the companies sponsoring your big trip to the CES Expo. Firstly, tell my listeners exactly what the CES Expo is. Uh, for someone like you, um, it's massive and it's a must go and see. This is the world's biggest technology event, right? Yeah, that's right. It's the Consumer Electronics Show, and it's been going for more than 50 years. It's massive. It takes over Las Vegas. The hotel prices rocket into the stratosphere. Uh, more than 100,000 people come. It's over four days, and it's just huge. There's plenty of side events. You know, people who couldn't afford to go to the one of the venues will rent out you know, hotel rooms and beg you to come along. I've received millions of invitations. Samsung, of course, will be a showcase. They'll have a massive stand. I mean, we're talking about giant stand. The big companies have huge stands that take up a lot of space. And, of course, Samsung has TVs and home appliances, the monitors and uh, mobile phones and tablets and smartwatches and all sorts of really cool things. So they'll be showcasing some of their latest and greatest. And yeah, they've invited me to uh, to come along. Uh, it's one of a number of different sponsors that are getting me over to CES. And uh, I can't wait. And I'll be 
reporting live from CES with you. And, uh, uh, you know, I'll be the correspondent for TNT Radio at CES. It's going to be amazing. Uh, a lot of great stuff that wasn't in time for selling at Christmas is launched there. And, in fact, a lot of companies will actually see if the buyers, the Walmarts, the JB Hi-Fi's of the world, the Boots and all the rest, if they're interested in actually buying this later in the year. So it's a bit of a, a, a way for the companies to know what's going to resonate, but also all the world's media descends. And it's just a huge technology, you know, Nirvana. All right. Big thank you to Samsung for doing all of that. Now, just before we go to a break, we're catching up with Dick Smith very shortly about scamming. Um, you mentioned watches there. What is this story that I read about Apple stopping the sales of its Apple Watch Series 9 and Ultra Watch 2? What do people who have these watches do um, if they're stopping production? Well, they're not stopping production. Uh, there is a lawsuit with a company called Massimo who has a patent for the blood oxygen sensor now that's something that apple launched with the apple watch series 6 so it's already been on the market for some time and all the other stores the jb hi-fi's the walmart's the costco's they'll continue selling but apple is stopping sales a week sort of before christmas from its stores to comply with the court order now the president biden might veto this particular ban Uh, he has the power to do that obviously apple's appealing the head of massimo has asked Maybe Apple wants to do a licensing deal and there was some sort of payout. So, look, Apple also will look at rewriting the algorithms, but uh, they're having to comply. And so the sales are temporarily being paused on one of the biggest technology items for Apple. They're going to sell, you know, hundreds of millions of these devices. So it's a bit of a shock that the world's biggest tech company is having to pause sales, at least at its stores. But Apple's got the money to to solve solve the problem with money or with rewriting the algorithms. And look, they've just taken this action to sort of put a line in the sand and I'm sure it'll be resolved pretty quickly. You hear of this all the time with other software suppliers, but you don't necessarily hear it when it's connected to Apple. So it's a major thing. We've got to take a break because I want to get to Dick Smith, adventurer and also entrepreneur to talk about scamming. So we'll do that right after a break. Alex, stay right there. Do not go anywhere. This is TNT Radio. De-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective. Remember that song years ago, Lunatic Fringe? I know you're out there. Believe me, I know they're out there. I simply watched these people in the climate change cabal and listened to what they say. John Kerry is out there, and I will give him credit. At least he did not say a half billion people like Hillary Clinton. But the latest is that climate change is causing respiratory problems and has killed a half million people. Now, where do these statistics come from? Are there death certificates now that say you died because of climate change. But we've got this guy from France, I guess, Francois Jimin, a professor at the University of Liège and a specialist in environmental geopolitics. What the heck is that? He spoke on French TV about the threats of cats and dogs. Listen to this one. Cats and dogs are a disaster for the climate. A cat is a disaster for biodiversity. Do you hear that, Maisie and Shooter? And a dog is a disaster for the climate. Positive proof, folks. The lunatic fringe, except they may not be fringe anymore, is indeed out there. This is TNT Climate and Weather Watchdog. Oh my goodness, a dog. That's a disaster for a climate. Asking you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you've got. Hi, I'm Ryan Blaney, a third generation race car driver. And we dedicate a lot of our time to going as fast as possible. 
But when my grandpa was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, it was a very unexpected bump in the road for us. It's important to notice if older family members are acting differently, experiencing problems with their memory, or having trouble with routine tasks. Early detection of Alzheimer's can give your family time to explore support services, make a plan for the future, and access available treatments. If you or your family are noticing changes, it could be Alzheimer's. Talk about seeing a doctor together. Where the story goes, we follow. Chris Smith on today's News Talk TNT Radio. Welcome back. Good to be here. Well, we learned this week that scammers are increasingly using artificial intelligence. How often have we previewed that fact? To con hardworking Australians with one of the country's leading businessmen urging the government to do more to protect the vulnerable. Now, that businessman is Dick Smith, Australian entrepreneur, aviator, adventurer, and philanthropist. He's the founder of Dick Smith Electronics, National Geographic, Dick Smith Foods, and he's, of course, a former Australian of the Year. Dick Smith, welcome to TNT Radio. Uh, Chris, great to be talking to you again. Thank you very much. We've spoken many times, but I'm so glad yeah. you're on to this because we in our tech segment have spoken at length about how AI will be used to the detriment of ordinary everyday uh, people in the world. You've unwillingly um, been the face of many scams broadcast on social media platforms. Describe how they've tried to use you. Well, this has been going on for three years, and initially it was just a photograph of me with text saying, you know, ring this number, get involved, you're going to make a fortune. But of recent times, with artificial intelligence, they've actually got video up, and I'm talking and I'm spruiking some uh, scam, but uh, it's in my accent, and they've uh, made up the words, made up the accent. It's just unbelievable that this could be happening. And does it look, I haven't seen it specifically, I've seen many of the others featuring David Koch and others. How lifelike is it? Oh, it's completely lifelike. They've actually got an interview I did with Sky News and then they've used a computer to change my lips to for the new wording and then it appears they use another computer which takes my voice and then redoes the text to new words so the whole thing looks real and you'd think in fact when i first saw it i thought oh i can't remember saying that gee i must oh. be getting a bit old and then i looked at it again and i realized it was a complete scam and uh, let, tell me the truth about trying to correct it. It's not as easy as picking up the phone to Facebook or where, wherever it occurs and getting it uh, wound back or erased or deleted. It doesn't happen that easy, does it? No, no. Look, you've got to understand that Facebook and Instagram are part of this scam. They're earning a fortune out of criminal gangs, so it's not their interest to do anything about it. And our government doesn't do anything. In the scam that I'm on with Gina Reinhardt, we've actually got the federal treasurer on there spruiking it. And uh, the government does nothing about that. I think everyone is so frightened. Instagram and Facebook are so powerful, no one wants to take them on. And so I've been complaining to these organisations for nearly three years now and have got absolutely nowhere. Surely there's something they can do, though. Well, you'd think so, but look, appears Australians have lost millions of dollars, but it just continues. And uh, uh, Andrew Forrest, the billionaire, he's taking uh, criminal action against Facebook, I understand, to try and stop it. But what Facebook and Instagram do is they delay, 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 just they've got unlimited finance, so they go to court and they say, oh, we've got to relook at this, and so nothing happens. But look, what I'm going to suggest to everyone, and I've been saying this, I've got a video on now, saying, 
whatever you do, don't buy anything that is advertised on Facebook or Instagram because you'll probably lose your money. I've heard that up to 50% of the ads are scam ads. So just be sensible. Never believe anything you see on Instagram or Facebook. I've got my tech uh, an analyst here, Alex Zaharoff, right? Alex, you'd like to ask Dick a question? Yeah, I'm just wondering, where can we find the video of you giving this warning? And, uh, you know, is it possible for you to work with the office of the, um, the, the information? There's an office that uh, works with, uh, you know, safety. There's also ACMA. I mean, can you work with them to get the message out uh, in, in part of a national campaign to really warn people about this. I know you're on radio with us, but, uh, yeah. Well, well, Alex, here's the problem, that I've gone to the police, the federal police, the ACCC, to absolutely everyone, and, of course, directly to Meta, that own Facebook and Instagram, and they all say they're going to do something, but absolutely nothing happens. Obviously, the criminal gangs who are running these things are making such huge amounts of money, and Mark Zuckerberg, I think he's worth $50 billion, but the greed of the man is unlimited. He could stop this instantly. He could make sure that any advertisement which is being run is checked to see that it's legitimate. If I try and run an ad on your radio station or if I try and run an ad on the television or in the newspaper, it gets checked by the legals to check that I'm not a criminal gang trying to defraud people. But when it comes to Facebook and Instagram, they don't check. They've been running them for three years. They just make money out of them. And they can do it, and they can do it very easily, can't they, Dick? Because the things that were said during the pandemic that didn't fall into the government's narrative were quickly erased. Sometimes people lost their entire accounts on social media sites. They can do it very quickly, but they just refuse to do it in this case. Yeah, it's absolutely right. They can they can stop it. Now, when it comes to Instagram and Facebook, all they have to do is put in a small computer program that looks to see if the name Dick Smith, Gina Reinhart, Andrew Forrest, or the Treasurer, if those names come up, they just bring the ad up to be checked. But they don't even do that. And so, as I've said, it's been going on now for three years. And what really disturbs me is I understand from the federal police that Australians have lost millions of dollars. Lots of people believe in it they've lost money so i'll say again never believe any ad you see on facebook or instagram it's very likely run by a criminal organization you'll lose all your money one last question alex well where can we see the video with you dick explaining and giving this warning yeah, Alex, you can see it if you go on to Media Watch. Uh, if you put Google Media Watch in, they've got a segment on it. Also, if you Google uh, Current Affair on last weekend, they've done a segment on it. It's on lots of television. Unfortunately, the other place you'll see it is it will just come up randomly, and that's the thing I'm complaining about. People who are on Instagram or on Facebook, suddenly this uh, uh, my voice comes up and I'm being interviewed. It looks like a, a current affair segment, and you watch this, and you think, oh, this is interesting, a good way of making money. Dick Smith's backing it. It must be okay. But you don't realise, of course, that it's a complete scam. And if you have no hope of bringing it down with your influence and connections, what chance does Mr. and Mrs. Normal in the suburbs have of trying to recoup the money that they spent on the scam? It's just awful. 
Yeah, Chris, and remember, it's Gina Reinhart and Andrew Forrest are billionaires and they haven't been able to stop it and the yeah. federal treasurer hasn't been able to stop it. Now, can you imagine, one day if we looked on the internet and we see our Prime Minister looking to the camera and saying, fellow Australians, we're going to war. Now, most people would believe that, but it could be completely done by artificial intelligence, a complete fake. So what I'm telling people is simply don't believe, especially if it's on Facebook, Facebook or Instagram. Don't believe anything at all. Thank you so much for being on the program, Dick. Have a great Christmas. And uh, once again, thank you for your time. And, and same to you and same to everyone who's listening. Fantastic to be talking. Good on you, Dick. Thank you very much. Dick Smith, uh, who's uh, one of the great Australians. For those listening abroad who don't know who Dick Smith is, one of the great Australians. And if he can't, Alex, if he can't change these predatory behaviours that we see on social media and neither can the treasurer of the country, what chance does little old Mr and Mrs Normal out there have of trying to recoup some of their hundreds of thousands of dollars that they've lost in the scam? Well, that's spot on. And look, Norton, for example, has an app called Genie. It's a free app you download to your smartphone and you can then get it to look at posts online or videos or text messages, and it can analyse it and give you a warning as to whether it thinks it's real or not. And I think we're going to need more help from AI to determine whether what we're seeing is real or a deepfake, uh, because it's just impossible to tell with your eyes, and we're going to need technology's help to protect us from technology. So, so we can trust Genie once we put it on our smartphones or our iPads or our PC? Well, look, that's from Norton. They're one of the world's biggest cybersecurity companies, right. and no doubt they are continuously improving that, and I'm sure it'll get fooled as well from time to time. I mean, it's a cat and mouse game. It always has been. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, McAfee also has some uh, new AI scam detection tools as well. We're going to see more of this from other players because it's just such a growing problem. Now, two things before we let you go. I'm running out of time. Uh, running out of time. This is the last Cyber Wednesday before Christmas. Are there any last-minute tech gift ideas that we could uh, search and find and use? Well, obviously, you've got all of the smartphones and tablets and wearables and all those gadgets. But you know, I was uh, had received an email from Epoch Times. You quote them quite often. They have this deal for one dollar for a year. One dollar. Buy a subscription for yourself, buy one for somebody else. Um, TNT is also a worthy place to give a donation to. We rely upon the support from the public. But uh, look, just walk into your local stores. It's too late to order things online now. And you'll find gifts from, you know, under 50, under 100. And if you, money is no object, and then you can buy iPhones and PlayStations and all the rest. I've been caught a number of times at Christmas time when I think I get in two weeks before Christmas and I order something for the kids. And it doesn't come until the end of January. There's nothing more yeah. frustrating, is it? Absolutely. That's, look, that's why sometimes get, having cash or having your card, going in, getting it, even if it costs a little bit more, you've got it. It's under the tree. It's locked away. Yeah. If you wanted to order things, do it in November to make sure it arrives in time for Christmas. Yeah. Cash is king. And finally, we leave the best to last, Alex Zaharoff-Royt. Some big breaking news. It's about you. You've been given your own tech show on TNT Radio. Yeah, it'll be called uh, Talking Tech with Alex. It'll start in the new year. I'll be live from uh, CES where I'll be doing the show. I'll be talking to you and the show will be on Saturdays, 6 to 7 p.m. Uh, on Sydney time. We'll have more news about this, but uh, really great to be part of the TNT family now as a presenter. That's fantastic. Uh, that's good. So uh, that's 7 till 8, is it? 
Sydney so, time, daylight yeah, saving time. Six six to seven p.m. Six Sydney seven. time in daylight saving. When when we go over to winter, it'll go back an hour like your show does. And obviously, I'll continue doing Cyber Wednesdays. We'll be cross promoting, and in fact, you will be my very first guest. We'll be talking about your experiences in the industry over thirty years, just as I was actually your first caller on uh, TNT Radio when you first started the show. You'll be my first guest, which I really appreciate. I'm honoured to have you as the first guest. But we'll be covering all the big tech news, lots of interviews. And uh, the tech world never sleeps. So it's never Groundhog Day in the world of tech. Fantastic. Much appreciated, Alex. Um, I look forward to having a chat with you on your own program, which is a great thrill. Thank you, mate. Thank you very much. And uh, thank you for your contribution and support for during 2023. It's been invaluable. And I really do mean that. Have a great Christmas. And you. Thanks so much. Bye to all the listeners and viewers. Good on you. Thank you. You can... Um, We'll learn a lot more about what we've spoken about in that segment by going to his website, techadvice.life. That's techadvice.life. Alex Zaharoff Reut, our last segment for 2023, but he's soon coming on TNT with his own show. Looking forward to that. I will leave you in the capable hands of Dean Macken, followed by Katie Hopkins. We will come back at the same time tomorrow, hopefully. Let's do it again at the same time on TNT Radio. TNT Radio.